you are listening to the Spiritual Warrior Coach with Barbara Sabin, the podcast for discovering how powerful your wisdom, compassion, and courage is. Get ready to join Barbara and her guests as they explore and offer you advice on how to reclaim your power, your energy, and your authentic self. And now, here's the host of the show, Barbara Savin. Well, thank you for joining me today, and welcome to the Spiritual Warrior Coach Podcast. I am your host, Barbara Savin, and I am here to help you reclaim your power, your energy, and your authentic self. You know, I am a certified clinical and medical hypnotherapist, Reiki master, and teacher energy healing specialist, life coach, and best-selling author of Gentle Energy Touch, The Beginner's Guide to Hands-On Healing. You know, I have been helping my clients for over 35 years. And the older I get, the more wisdom seems to come through. So isn't it time that you believe in yourself? Your mind is going to provide you with your greatest challenges in life because it's so very, very powerful. So let's use that mind for positive thinking, creating harmony, balance, peace, love, happiness, and anything else that your heart desires. Because one day, the world will tap you on your shoulder and say, this is your time to shine. And speaking about shining, I am going to bring my guest on right now. How are you, Stefan? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm doing great, Barbara. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for oh, you're welcome, having me right? on your show. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, I, I have been also. So let me tell my listeners about you. Stefan Harley Martin, he is the editor and publisher of the Oakley Press Incorporated. He is also the talk show host of a popular weekly internet podcast, The Truth About Life. And as he interviewed dozens of near-death survivors, psychics, researchers into the paranormal, and as well as medical doctors, that humankind is on the cusp of a transition to a new understanding of the true nature of reality. And to share what he has learned and to help speed the transition, he you know, which he believes will result in a rebirth of optimism and the world becoming a better place to live and work in. Oh, please, yes. <laughs> he has written more than two dozen books, many of which have achieved best-selling status on Amazon. And Stefan is also a three-time winner of the Writer's Digest Book Club, having won first prize twice for fiction and once for nonfiction. And he has also won first prize for visionary fiction for, from independent publisher and first prize for nonfiction from USA Book News. Wow, boy, <laughs> some accomplishment. Welcome. How are you? <laughs> well, thank you, Barbara. Thank you. That's a very nice introduction. I appreciate all that. That was wow. very good. So how long have you been doing all this? Well, you know, I got interested in uh, in what the true name. I wanted to find out what the true nature of reality is because long, long time ago, back when I was about twenty five years old, I had a uh, what you would call an out of body experience. I'm not sure it was a near death experience, but I did pop out of my body for <laughs> for a few minutes, and 
look at myself down on the bed, you know, kind of looking like roadkill. And um, up until that time, I had thought I was my body. Uh, I grew up in a family that was, uh, you know, I would call them scientific materialists. They believed that nothing existed except matter. If you couldn't see it under a microscope, it didn't exist. Mm. And, and that was what I thought. That's what I learned in school too. But when I looked down at myself, uh, I realized I was not my body because I was up here near the ceiling, you know, kind of bumping off of it. And uh, I realized that what I was was my consciousness. And, and then it just opened my eyes and it started me on a quest that, uh, so that was a long time ago. Cause you know, I'm, I've gotten to be, I may not look too old, but I am, I'm, I'm, you know, <laughs> over 70. <laughs> so uh, it was almost 50 years ago. And I joined the Rosicrucian society. The uh, Rosicrucian order was a society of mystics that uh, study metaphysical laws, went through all their courses, became an adept read everything I could get my hands on. And I guess, you know, I had a career in advertising and did, did all that, but up about, you know, gosh, I wrote my, wrote my first book almost 40 years ago now. Uh, and I've uh, been writing ever since. And as you said, I've got over two dozen, bunch of them on things like, uh, what's the true nature of reality and the life after death and reincarnation and all those sort of spiritual things. And I, and I think I've got an inkling now of what the true nature of reality is, Barbara. So what do you think about all that? Wow, that's incredible. So actually, what is the true nature of reality? Well, you know, the way I like to put it, I feel like we are, and you you know this, as, uh, you're, you're into all this sort of thing. It's all, we, there's only one life that we're all part of. Mm -hmm. And I kind of liken it to, I think there was a, quantum physicist back in the 20s or 30s who who first said this he said it's like there's reality someone is having a dream reality is a dream and we're all part of that dream we're characters in that dream and i think that really gets very close to what the true nature of reality is that we think we're different because we have egos that have developed over a lifetime and we have a subconscious mind that's been built up over many incarnations mm -hmm. and so we we think we're separate but we're really all part of that one life that one we're all participating in this one dream that's occurring and uh, we're, we're characters of the dream but it's really how the one life experiences him her itself if you see what i mean that's the true nature of reality yeah, I feel we are all one. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't believe that. But we are all one of the universe of God or, or whatever you, you want to call it. Yeah. And, you know, we're all, we're in a physical body, but we are energy. Because I feel when we leave, um, the physical body may leave, but, but the energy is still there. And that's why uh, many people like even myself can actually uh, hear and uh, speak to those that have passed over. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's no question about it in my mind. And, and I think, and you mentioned it earlier that when you were telling uh, the audience a little bit about me, that I do think we're on the cusp of a new understanding and a new view of reality that will, people will 
are, and more and more people I talk to are, are realizing that we really are all one. And, and that what, and just imagine when, when that becomes the, the new world view that a lot of people grasp that we, we will, maybe some of this, you know, terrible friction and uh, name calling and, and uh, <laughs> pointing fingers stuff will stop because we'll realize that we really are all one and that we need to treat each other uh, like that. You know, the old golden rule of doing to others as you would have others doing to you. That, that really uh, makes a lot of sense when you realize that we're, what the true nature of reality is. And then we'll be able to get along and it'll be a better place to live. Yeah, I'm, I'm truly hoping that, because I'm in my 70s also, that I, I, I'm praying that I'll be able to see that and experience it. It would be a wonderful thing to be here physically. But I know energetically we will experience it. <laughs> I would like to be here physically. <laughs> well, well, maybe, you know, if we, if we do happen to pass on before that all comes to be, maybe we'll be able to come back and experience it in another way. <laughs> So I, I, I mean, I believe in reincarnation. So I, I'm sure you do too. Yes. Well, I, you know, and I've really studied this subject. And I guess the thing that I usually point to that I think is the, the most convincing evidence of it is that uh, the University of Virginia School of Medicine, uh, a unit of that school of medicine called the Division of Perceptual Studies, has they've been studying the memories, children's memories of past lives for 60 years now. They started in 1962. Wow. A gentleman named uh, Ian Stevenson. He was a psychiatrist and head of the Department of Psychiatry at the University of Virginia Medical School. And he was interested, he he's was a Canadian. He died in 2007, I believe. But he was a Canadian who uh, graduated from McGill University and top of his medical school class and came to Virginia and started looking into this uh, kind of in his part time. But uh, there was a man, I don't remember his name, but he was the inventor of the Xerox machine was also interested in reincarnation and gave the University of Virginia a huge grant to study it. Wow. And uh, so Ian Stevenson took advantage of that. I think he wrote his first book about it. Uh, it was called 20 Cases Suggestive of Reincarnation, probably in the late 60s, around 1967 or so. And since then, he wrote, he's written, he wrote maybe a dozen books, but he and during the last 60 years, the University of Virginia, Ian Stevenson and others in that division have compiled more than 2,500 cases of children who remember a past life and they investigate, you know, the, what, what the child said about what his name was, where he lived, who his relatives were, what occupation he had, all those kind of things. And over 70% of those 2,500 cases, they say have checked out what they call, they're solved. Mm -hmm. So when you've got more than 2,000 cases that all <laughs> click, it seems to me it's pretty hard to argue that it doesn't exist. Oh, I know it exists. You know, I, <clears throat> Mom, it was about five years ago, uh, a client brought her 12-year-old uh, son to me. 
he was experiencing shoulder pain forever. MRIs, everything you can name it, no one found anything wrong with him. And uh, when um, she came, you know, he, she said to me, you know, he keeps on talking about, you know, a past life that happened to him. And I said to her, please don't tell me anymore. Let me do healing on him. And then I'll call you in afterwards. And then we'll see what I feel. Well, during the session, all of a sudden, I can see him in the Civil War, war and getting shot in that, in that shoulder. And so I asked his angels and God and to please clear that energy from him because it no longer served him purpose. And after the, the session, he looked at me and he said, I know you know now, just like that. And I said, you know what? Let's not say anything. Let's call your mom in. I says, and we'll talk about it when she comes in. She comes in, she sits down. And I said to him, on the count of three, let's say what you feel it is. And I'll say what I feel it is. And we both came out with the exact same wording that he was in the civil war and he got shot. And that's why his shoulder was hurting him. I thought she was going to pass out on me. <laughs> I, she just, I think she turned white because she, she said to me, he's been telling me this for years. She says, and I, I keep on telling him, it's your imagination. It's your imagination. But let me say, it was not his imagination. It was so vivid, so in front of me that it, I, it was unbelievable. I, I could see everything that happened to him. And we cleared it. And to this day, he has no, no more pain. Well, you know, that's, <clears throat> that's amazing. And, but it's, I'm not surprised at all because one of the books that Ian Stevenson wrote, guy I was just talking about is called uh, Where Biology and Reincarnation uh, Intersect. And he presents in that book, which is a pretty thick book, over a thousand pages, cool. more than 200 cases that they studied out of those 2,500 I mentioned, where there was evidence of uh, something like that being carried over from the past life. Some of the most startling things one person uh, person was born missing born missing their leg just below their knee mm. and they were killed when they were run over by a train and cut off the leg another case was a uh, <clears throat> man who was riding a bicycle he was a teacher and he was riding his bicycle to school and he was shot and his and the bullet entered his forehead and exited the back of his head, causing a big exit wound. And this was documented in the autopsy, pictures were taken of him. That child who remembered that was born with a birthmark round on his forehead and a big splattering looking birthmark on the back of his head. Uh, other cases, uh, a boy who had his fingers chopped off in a uh, fodder chopper. Was born with his with mangled hand. One of his the hand that was that way. So anyway, as I said, over two hundred cases where <clears throat> what the uh, reincarnated child had ma matched up physically with uh, usually with a wound or something that caused the the death of the child, the child. in the previous life. Why do you think they would come back with, with like something missing and, and 
Well, you know, that's a good question. But one of the things you have to realize, uh, Barbara, is that, uh, and I hadn't mentioned this before, but these children who remember past lives, typically there's a, only a very short time between the previous, the end of the previous life and, and the birth of the uh, current life. And it's only 15 months. So I think what happens is typically these children who remember past lives were their previous life was cut short. Uh, they were killed in war, perhaps. One, one of the classic cases, a uh, World War II fighter pilot who was shot down in, at Iwo Jima in the Battle of Iwo Jima and came back uh, and remembered that all that knew, you know, what not only uh, that that's what happened, but the, the ship he flew off of, he knew the uh, name of it. He knew the, all about the kind of airplane he flew and the people that were on the ship with him and all those things checked out. So I think what happens is the children who remember typically come back very quickly because their life was cut short. And, and so maybe they didn't pass through whatever uh, between life kind of thing normally happens. One of the things that the Rosicrucians teach, and I'm not sure if I'm supposed to say this or not, but um, is that the typical lifespan is 140 years. So that if you, well, between births, so that if you live 70 years, you're going to spend 70 years before you incarnate again in whatever happens in that interim period, which I think is probably, uh, you know, you're part of a soul group and, you know, you, you learn and so forth there as well. But these kids probably don't even go to the light or whatever. They just got to stick around and find somebody and come back quickly. And so they come back with the injury that they, that maybe they caused their death, you know, at least evidence of it. Well, I so. know uh, it's, it's interesting because for myself, uh, I've had so many uh, dreams and, and, and it did not feel like a dream. It felt as if I was actually there where I, I have been a healer in other lifetimes and actually was killed. And this lifetime, uh, being my grandma and great grandma were, were healers. Um, and I have been all my life. I was actually afraid to truly live my purpose and passion. But then illness started truly overwhelming me that I had I had to get back to who I really was but this lifetime I did not fear being killed again because I knew I, for some reason I was safe yeah and uh and here I am you know uh doing this for 30 over 35 years actually probably more like 40 um you know helping clients and not being fearful of someone coming and you know killing me so well you know the people with the, with your gift uh certainly in the past were often thought of as you know having gotten that uh, ability somehow from satan or whatever you know they were in league with satan and that's how they could do it uh i think i mentioned when you and i talked before that my seven times great grandmother Susanna north martin was hanged as a witch she right. was uh, one of the Salem witches, I guess. Uh, she and people thought, you know, she had a reputation throughout her life. So when the hysteria happened in in uh, in, in Salem, 
it was, um, you know, she was a pretty easy target or a likely target. She'd actually been tried once before when, and uh, acquitted. So, you know, it happened. I mean, in that case, I think it was 18 women and one man and uh, one and then of another man who was actually not even tried, but was was uh, killed when they were trying to get a, him to commit to uh, to plead either guilty or not guilty. Uh, they piled stones on his chest and said, mm -hmm. you know, because they couldn't try him until he said he made a plea and he refused wow. to do it. Refused to do so. So yeah, it, um, I, I, without a doubt, I know that that's who I was. And, uh, you know, I lived in Brooklyn most of my life, but then my daughter moved here to California and, and then God brought me here and then put me in a Four Seasons Hotel as an energy healer and hypnotherapist which made it <clears throat> so real now for me. And I did not fear. I said, I don't care what anyone says or thinks about me. This is who I am. If you do not accept it, that's fine. Then, you know, we yeah. you know, do something else. So <laughs> yeah. 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 exactly, exactly. <clears throat> so no, yeah, it's amazing <laughs> how, you know, it comes back now, you know, I know like, you know, for myself, you know, I had some, you know, this lifetime, some karma that I actually had to clear. So uh -huh. do you feel that when, um, when we reincarnate, that we actually come back with, you know, karma and, and we need to figure out what is it that we need to heal or get rid of or let go of? I do think that. I think that <clears throat> karma is, it's an interesting subject because I think it's a lot of times misunderstood. Um, the psychic from in the 20th uh, century, Edgar Cayce, are you familiar with Edgar Cayce? Mm -hmm. uh, he uh, had some things to say about karma because people would come to him and he would do a reading. Often they might have some physical problem as, as your, the boy did that you, you helped cure. Uh, and he would go into this trance and, and, explain how that came about and often it was from a previous life that like the boy who was shot in the civil war but as far as karma his take on it was that it's really something in your psyche that needs to be corrected that's bringing bringing it to you it's not that you're being punished it's that you're uh you're the basic law of metaphysics, and this is certainly taught by the Rosicrucians, is like attracts like. So what's in your mind is what you attract, your beliefs, your opinions, your uh, stance on certain subjects. Those things are brings, bring your reality to you, what you experience to you. And so karma is when something comes to you that you don't like and it does it over and over. For example, maybe you attract individuals to you who abuse you, you know, your, your, your girlfriends or boyfriends or husbands or whatever you have, one after another, you're attracting somebody to you who treats you badly, whether it's psychologically or physically. There's something in you that's causing that. And it could be that you have a low opinion of yourself and you're attracting 
someone who also has a low opinion of you to you. Mm -hmm. So what you've got to do to break that karmic cycle is change your opinion of yourself, change your beliefs mm -hmm. so that you have a positive view of yourself and a positive outlook on things and then you'll start attracting the right kind of individual to you. So you see what I mean? Oh yeah. I that, that's I his take on karma. That it's not punishment. It's you gotta ask yourself why you're attracting that to yourself and then try to change whatever it is in you that's causing it. Oh yeah I feel it's all part of healing and, and truly being your authentic self and actually getting to know who you are and loving yourself for who you are. And, and you I, know, who you are is you're a, a, a very powerful spiritual, eternal spiritual being mm -hmm. who's having a temporary physical experience. That's my definition of what a human being is. Uh, a spiritual being having a, a powerful, you know, you've been around forever. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you, you need to start thinking of yourself as that, realizing it, realizing that you have the power and that, and that uh, you can attract to yourself what, what you want. And you need, you need to, if you're not doing it now, you need to figure out what belief you have or opinion you have or whatever that's causing the problems that are coming to you. Oh, without a doubt. You know, I, I truly believe that, you know, and that's why, like for myself, I actually truly got to know me and I allowed myself to let go of things that no longer serve purpose. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, because yesterday is yesterday, tomorrow is tomorrow, we have no clue. Today, we should live in the moment, <clears throat> which a lot of us don't. But, um, you know, it's just being mindful of your own emotions and your feelings and not allowing anyone to uh, put you down. Right, right. And there's certainly people who will do that, you know, nar narcissistic people who will, uh, you know, always make it your fault or your wrong mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and really it's them you know they're the ones that are bringing their problems on themselves too so there you oh. go uh this is maybe a strange question but <clears throat> do you think that um ufos really exist and why they're actually maybe visiting us because i had actually an experience that i cannot explain uh i was with my girlfriend in the car we were going over the, and it was like six o'clock. We looked at the time. We were going over the Washington Bridge uh, in New York City. And it was like we disappeared. And then we found ourselves in the same spot at eight o'clock, but we didn't know what happened to us for two hours. My goodness. So it was an unexplained situation. Well, I'll tell you what I think about UFOs. I think it's, uh, that they're not necessarily coming from some other planet in this solar system. I think they're coming from another dimension. Oh. That it's really a <clears throat> psychic phenomenon that, you know, just like people see ghosts and so forth or, or uh, have some sort of a uh, spiritual or metaphysical kind of experience. Uh, I think that UFOs are real, but to think that they're mechanical or, or matter in the sense of our airplanes or ships or boats or whatever, 
is kind of off base. They're not. I mean, just think of the how what's described about how they're able to maneuver and change directions. You know, with which would be impossible for anything uh, that's made of steel or aluminum or whatever. Uh, I think there it's a psychic thing, and I think that we are being observed by uh, advanced civilizations that exist probably in other realities, other dimensions, and that they are trying to wake us up. You know, you've, I'm sure you're aware of uh, people who channel beings from other uh, realms, <laughs> you know, like uh, the raw material that was uh, channeled back in the 1980s. Uh, Th that sort of thing, I think, exists, and I think that UFOs are somehow tied into all of that. That they're they're real, and they they want to contact us, but they're not going to interfere with our free will. Now, maybe when they, if they abducted you for two hours when you were going across the Washington Bridge into Manhattan, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if that's interfering with your free will or not, but maybe they just wanted to check you out. It could be, and I was with a, a psychic actually. Um, it was well known, and uh -huh. I don't know. It it was an unexplainable situation, and to this day, when I speak to Linda, we always say, "What happened to us for those two hours?" But we're fine. So, <laughs> so you were going. You were crossing the bridge, and what happened exactly? And what did you experience? We like not nothing we experienced and then it was two hours later later and we were in the exact same spot that we were two hours prior it was one of the oddest things i've ever experienced and to this day we we keep on mentioning to one another what happened to us where did we go there was no way that we couldn't have not known but we don't know and, and the car was exactly in the same spot. Wow. How did you know that you'd look at your watch or something? Oh, yeah, because we were looking and I said to her, oh, wow, it's six o'clock. You know, you know, when we get to, uh, we'll go have dinner. And we agreed. And then that was the last thing that we remember. And then now it was eight o'clock. And I said to her, you know, she looked at me, she's me, where have we been for two hours? I had no clue. Neither did she. And we yeah. even checked ourselves to see if maybe they put something on <laughs> us. Or, <you> know. <laughs> but there was nothing, you know, nothing that we can feel or actually see. But it, it's strange because then my healing abilities like kicked up a thousand percent and her psychic abilities all of a sudden, you know, went through the roof. So I don't know if they just chose us and helped us. I, I, you know, that's the only thing I'm thinking that may have happened. And I well, don't. That, really that, make, that makes sense to me that maybe that's what it was. That they just was. they wanted, you know, because I did. I don't think they're like I said. I think they would like to help us, but they don't want to interfere with our free will. I mean, because that's one of the basic rules of you know sentient beings is you don't enslave them. You don't interfere right. with their uh, uh, ability to make a choice you know so right. but they could they could hype up your your healing abilities and your friend's psychic abilities that might help humans 
move a little faster along the track to a, a higher level of consciousness where we will be able to communicate with those folks from a higher uh, civilization. Oh, I know when I uh, visited, I was in Arizona for like uh, two or three weeks and I was out on the balcony of the hotel and all of a sudden I saw these huge lights, bright lights, you know, moving in different directions. And I wasn't the only one because on the news that night, it said people saw, you know, UFOs and they just merged all together. And then all of a sudden they just like, that's it. You couldn't see them. You can find them anymore. Yeah. It was amazing. It was amazing. So I, I, think do, they're pop- I do. I think they're popping in and out of our reality. You know, they have their own reality and they pop in and they, they want to kind of wake us up, you know, and then they disappear and get us questioning. And that's what we're doing, you know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I usually have not really told that story. <laughs> I hope my listeners don't think I'm weird. <laughs> well, it, no, if they're, if they're watching this show or listening to this show, then, then they're interested in this sort of thing, I would guess. Now, let me ask you, I know, I, I think we when, when we were talking uh, a while ago, you mentioned about the law of one. Yeah, the law of one is, uh, well, I briefly mentioned the, uh, channeling that was done back in the early 1980s of uh, an entity that called himself or itself Ra, R-A, Ra. Ra was also a god in the ancient Egypt, Egyptian uh, pantheon. And uh, Ra says that he was that incarnation in Egypt and that, that he came to try to help the civilization of Egypt advance but they they got the message wrong after a while they kind of twisted it which i think humans tend to do mm-hmm. and uh, ra was said that he was a civilization that evolved on the planet uh, venus that he's actually a group soul that is far advanced uh, in i believe he said he's in the sixth density there are seven densities according to ra which we can, which I can explain real quickly. But um, it's amazing to me that recently NASA has uh, come out in the last year and said that Venus would have uh, supported life a couple of billion years ago, that the climate on Venus, which is now of course very warm and you know dense, would have been like Earth's about 2 billion years ago. So it would have been possible for Ra to his civilization to have evolved that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so Ra says there, he came through a woman named Carla. And then there was a physicist whose name I can't remember and somebody else. It was three people who did this channeling and they've created five books out of it, which you can go on Amazon and get. I think it's called uh, The Raw Material the law of one and the uh, seven densities let me quickly say what that is and then I'll say, and then I'll tell you what Ra said the law of one is the first density is just matter like the moon without any life on it or earth before it had any plants or animals the second density is and this has to do with vibrations mm-hmm. the vibrations increase as you go up the uh, scale The second density is life like plants and animals along with the uh, matter. 
The third density is where we are now, which is uh, plants and animals, but also life that is self-aware. Like we, you and I are self-aware. We're, we're talking about our own existence here and what, what might it be and what is the true nature of reality and all that sort of stuff. So that's third density. Fourth density is where we're going and we're, we're moving into that now. And Ross said that would begin, we would really be passing over 51% of being into uh, fourth density in the year 2012, which you know co coincides with the Mayan calendar and all that. So fifth density is where, well, fourth density we, we realize that we are all one, and that is the law of one, that there is really only one life of which we're all a part, mm -hmm. and we're, we're facets of that one life. And when once we realize that, we'll start being nice to each other for a change. Fifth density is where we combine that four realization that we're all one with more wisdom and we and in sixth density, I've forgotten what it is. In seventh density, we finally return to the uh, source, to the creator, to God, or whatever you want to call that. So, and then I guess suppose it starts all over again. So, but the law of one is that all is one. Mm -hmm. We are all one life. We're the universe itself is the ground of being is consciousness, and that is one mind that is having this dream we call reality. And we are all characters in that dream, but at the core, we are the one life. Wow, that's it's amazing. So now, do you think when we get to number seven, that <laughs> <laughs> the Earth will start all over? It's going to be a long time, but okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. <laughs> well, we'll see it from above. We'll experience it. <laughs> we'll say, "See, I know. I knew that was happening." <laughs> But yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, when we get to number seven, we're gonna we'll we'll merge back into the creator to to the source. But supposedly, we will continue to have our individual consciousness. Okay. Yeah, I guess that I was trying to get at. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So um. So do you feel that? You know, I had a mystical experience once. I was about thirty-five years old, uh -huh. and it was another thing that shot me along. And I really felt at that, it probably, I don't know how long it went on. Maybe it was, it could have been a couple of minutes. It might've been a half an hour, but I had this feeling that I, my consciousness merged with the infinite consciousness and all, if I wanted to answer to a question such as, you know, what's the true nature of reality, I would know it. I did you know, it's like, I didn't even have to ask the question. I would just think about it and I would have all the answers. And it was the most fantastic experience. I, I can't describe it. I, I write about it in one of my books. And uh, it was, I felt that I, for a few minutes, merged with the source. So do you feel that they downloaded a whole bunch of information and you're able to write these extraordinary? Yeah, I, think I got a lot of what I uh, believe and think from that. I didn't, it, unfortunately, don't didn't get it all but yeah a lot of it came through and, and stuck with me do you feel that you know as the time goes on now they'll continue to download so that you'll be able to write more uh, uh books 
Yeah, I don't know. It's like it, it come things come to me, and then I feel like I have to write them. <laughs> That's why I've written so many books. I mean, I, I, I like feel like I have to document it, mm -hmm. and uh, so. But I, I try to base. I try to find research that's been done or things that have happened that that will give evidence that what I'm talking about is true. It's true. And uh, you know, for example, I use a lot from quantum phys physics and quantum physicists uh, experiments they've done that support the idea that all is one, that there's one mind, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, the double slit experiment, experiment is one that I use a couple of used a couple of times in books to show that that what the the researcher the scientist knows or doesn't know determines the outcome of the experiment and how can if if consciousness and, and knowledge is confined to the brain then that wouldn't be possible mm -hmm. and yet scientists continue to think that the brain is what creates consciousness. The brain doesn't create consciousness. The brain is a receiver of consciousness that integrates it with your body. So, I mean, it your brain affects your consciousness, obviously, you know, you have too much to drink, you're gonna do stupid things, but uh -huh. it's not the originator. It doesn't create consciousness. It only receives it and it can distort it, but uh, it doesn't uh, create it. Because, you know, when you mention it, because sometimes I, I, I'll i say things and I say, hmm, how, how do I know that? I've never learned it, you know, uh, yeah. never read it, but yet I know it. Well, that sort of thing happens to me all the time. And I, because I think because I've become aware of it and, and look, watch out for it. But I'll, you know, like if I'm writing a book, uh, for example, something will come to me and, I, you know, and then I'll investigate it and find out, yeah. You know, and I'll find some substantiation for it or whatever. Right. It happened to me today when I was working on something and I kept getting these uh, letters in my mind. And then I thought, what do those, what do those letters stand for? And they said, oh, yeah. And it was, you know, just what I needed at that just time. Needed. Yeah, I feel they, they do give us what we need. We just need to be more aware and, and actually listen, listen more. Yeah. Yeah, it's all, uh, Carl Jung talked about, you know, synchronicities, you know, which are, I guess, defined as uh, meaningful coincidences, and they happen all the time. And once you realize it and start looking for it, you'll see that it does happen all the time, just what you need when you need it. A lot of times people think, well, that can't be, so they'll ignore it. And what, you know, they're missing an opportunity when they do. Right. Because the universe is trying to hand them something and they won't take it. A hundred percent, you know, and I always say not necessarily what you want, but you will receive what you need. And I, I truly believe that. But all we need to do is pay attention, listen. And it's like a voiceless voice that actually speaks to us. And and we say, gee, you know, I how do I know that? Or why am I why do I feel I need, let's say, to do the spiritual warrior coach podcast is because up there they've been pounding me now for, for a while to do this and they actually gave me the name so uh and then i acted upon it and finally did it yeah yeah that sort of thing happens to me all the time too and and for a while you know i i would ignore it or whatever and 
And as you said, it's not always what you want, but it's what you need. And sometimes that's hard to take, but it's true. It's true, it's true. I know. I mean, you just have to accept it, realize it's going to work out. It's going to work out for the best. It's trusting, believing, and just knowing and feeling that it's it's for our highest good. Yeah, yeah. So let me ask you, I guess, another crazy question, because, you know, I'm many years ago, one of those hippies of the, uh, you know, age of Aquarius. <laughs> Do you feel that we're actually moving into a new age of that or? Um, well, you know, that's not even uh, a question. Uh, yeah, we are. We're moving from the age of Pisces into the age of Aquarius. Okay. And the water bearer. And uh, I mean, that's, what is it? Astronomically true. Mm-hmm. We are, you know, we go around, we, our, you know, our solar system travels around the uh, Milky Way and we're, we're headed into, I think it began in about 1987 and uh, we're well into completing the transition from Pisces into Aquarius and Pisces, the age of Pisces, Pisces means the fish. It's really very appropriate because, you know, Christianity and the fish for 2,000 years, these ages last 2,000 years. Oh, okay. So we, we started moving into Pisces when Jesus was around and we're moving out of it now into uh, Aquarius. And I think it definitely coincides with what's with going from what Ra called the third density into the fourth density, where we go from uh, thinking that we're individuals that uh, are, you know, all just ourself and nothing else, you know, and we're we're looking out for number one, to realizing that we're all one life, and that we are all interconnected, and that uh, we should be looking out for the whole, which is ourself, as well as everyone else. And uh, the higher good, as you said. So yes, we're moving into a new age, both uh, as far as the the, the stars are concerned and in terms of what people believe and think. So then this third density that we're, you said we're in the third density now. We're moving from third into fourth, yeah. We've been in third for a long time and we're, we're moving in, you know, these things, these densities take a long time, uh, but we're moving into it. It's the higher vibration that we're moving into. And not everyone, you know, probably only a small minority of people have actually become fourth density individuals, but because the fourth density individuals have a higher vibration, it raises the vibration of the whole society the whole world the human race and according to Ra we he said 40 years ago that we're going to pass into that into 51 percent in 12 uh, 2012 and I think that we're you know almost that's we're 10 years after that so we're moving along into it so what what do you what do you think each one of us needs to do for ourselves in order for us to actually move into the fourth density. Well, the uh, the raw entity said that what we need to do is uh, make a decision 
as to whether or not we, <clears throat> there are two ways that, to move forward. One is to choose what, what's called service to others, that we're going, that our, uh, what we're gonna do as an individual is serve others, mm -hmm. service to others. So what you do in that case is figure out what your dharma is, what your unique ability is, whether it's healing or uh, psychic abilities, or maybe you're, um, I don't know, good writer, whatever it is, and use that to serve others. That will not only make your life fulfilling and worthwhile, maybe not rich, but fulfilling and worthwhile, but it'll also help society. So service to others is one path. The other path is service to self. And that's what narcissistic type people do. According to Ra, when we have moved completely into fourth density, service to others individuals will incarnate somewhere else. They won't incarnate here on mm. earth if we're service to others, others. Uh, society. So, but uh, what Ross says is you have to make a choice. And once you make the choice, you need to follow that path. And he doesn't say that one's better than the other. Mm. I personally think that service to others is the logical path to follow. He also says that 95% of people will choose service to others. And only 5% will choose service to self. So, but they'll be incarnating somewhere else. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's funny because uh, uh, I had a friend who passed away a few, quite a few years ago. She would look at me and she's, she would say, <clears throat> you're always service and work, service and work, service and work. But that's what I was. I was always giving service, you know, doing something to help others because I felt that that was my purpose, my passion, and that's what I needed to do. And I listened and, and went that path. You know, it's not easy. Let me tell you, it's not an easy path. But um, I really feel this is what not just I chose, but, you know, God and my angels and archangels may have chosen for me and that I had a choice whether to, you know, go forward it, with this. And I, and I did. And to me, it makes it like, you know, makes a better life when you feel like you've done something to help others, <clears throat> that you're, you have a purpose that you're fulfilling. Whereas just, you know, focusing on yourself and what can I get, you know, that doesn't compute for me, but apparently it does for some people. I look around at some of these politicians and I think, gosh, <laughs> you know, that's what they're doing. Oh, yeah. So, they're not coming back on this side. <laughs> no, thank goodness they're, we're going to get rid of them next time. Around. I know. <laughs> yeah, that's what I say. I look at you and I say, wow, what a boy, greed. We're really greedy, aren't we? Yeah. Um, and um, it should, I mean, my thing was it was never about the money, it was how I could help others, just like doing this podcast. Um, one of my clients actually said to me, so what are you getting at? Are you, you know, making money doing this podcast? And I looked at her and I said, no, it's not about the money. It's about helping other people. It's about helping people find other people that can help them. 
and, mm -hmm. and to, you know, give them more information and, and help them understand at a different, you know, a higher level. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and I know, you know, with you and your writings, it's the same thing. Absolutely. Yeah, my wife keeps saying, why don't you write something that, you know, a lot of people will buy the books and we'll make a lot of money. <laughs> well, you know, it's not the kind of books I want to write. I want to write the kind of books I'm writing, you know. And I feel like, you know, somebody who has thought all their life, life that uh, when they die, that's it, you know, like it's like pulling the plug on a vacuum cleaner or a lamp or whatever. It goes off and that's it reads one of my books and finds out, hey, I'm an eternal being who's going to be around for eternity. That's right. It's going to change how they see the world and they're going to have a better life because of it. They're not going to be afraid anymore to die or, to, you know, whatever. I mean, it's, you're going to be around forever. So enjoy. Right, that's all the good things. It's funny, you know, the, you know, like nine days ago, I actually ended up in the emergency room and, um, you know, while I'm there and they're checking me out and I'm saying, hmm, I, I, I feel this is not my time. <laughs> but if, if my, my soul chose this moment in time, then of course, then, you know, it, it is. Um, but now I know it wasn't. So, and I'm very happy about, about that. <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, I actually, you know, laying, you know, in emergency room said, in, emergency, in the emergency room, I said to myself, if if this is how it it'll end, I I have no fear of dying, but I would really prefer to be here a lot longer because I still have work I need to do. <laughs> so I mean, I wasn't asking, you know, but um, you know, I that feel I feel exactly the same way. But I I you know I've got other things I want to do, but in a way, I'm kind of. Uh, looking forward to when it does happen because it's going to be an adventure you know it'll be i don't know exactly what to expect i mean i've read and i've talked to a lot of people who've had near-death experiences but every one of them seems to be a little different i mean there's certain commonalities to all of them but anyway also looking forward to meeting up with people who've gone before and you know renewing old I kind of remember before I was born, I, every once in a while it comes to me, how I was leaving this group that I was part of that was really a very, you know, tight group and, you know, good friends. And, but, and they were saying, yeah, we'll see you, you know, in 70 or 80 or 90 years. And uh -huh. <laughs> so I'm kind of looking forward to getting back and meet with those people. Oh yeah, I can't wait to meet my my grandma, my great grandma, and and everyone else, um, you know, it, there, you know, and my mom and dad, and of course my pets and everybody else. But oh yeah, 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 pets I, I are definitely part longer. of it. Mm -hmm. If you have dogs or cats or whatever you were close to, they'll they'll be there too. Oh yeah, without a doubt, they'll they'll all help uh, help me go to the light. You could say. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. So. Uh, one more question, and then we can tell my listeners where they can find you and read your books and everything. What What do you think, you know, is the true ultimate destiny, you know, of humankind? I think, you know, this is a good question. And here, all I could do is what I imagine, you know, what I, what seems like to me would be the ultimate thing. When you look at life on earth, 
what does it do? It reproduces itself. It's, you know, every dog has, <laughs> has a litter of, you know, six or eight puppies and uh -huh. uh, plants have seeds and they reproduce. So the whole thing about life is that it's propagating. It's creating more and more of itself. So wouldn't that be what the universe is doing? It's, it's creating, it's trying to create offspring. And so maybe each one of us eventually, when we go through all these seven densities, will become a new universe, a new mind that has uh, all these characters in it that are uh, having doing their thing. You know, the dream that the big dreamer is having will be the big dreamer ourselves. I mean, so maybe our destiny is to become a new universe in several billion years or however long it takes. Well, when we you both know, pass, I'll make sure I look you up. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, eternity, uh, Barbara, is a long, long time. And there's no beginning, uh -huh. no end. So, yeah, I think that we're, we're evolving, each one of us, and uh, we'll evolve to higher and higher levels. And, uh, you know, somehow or other, we'll become something new. Maybe we'll be stars and planets. I don't know. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny you see that because every time I look up and I see the stars and I see myself and there's like, you, we know there's like thousands and probably millions of stars. And I say, I bet that is one of us. Yeah. Could be. Uh -huh. Could be, yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll each, you know, I think it's the Mormons who think we each get our own planet or something. So maybe that's uh, something like that, you know, who knows? Well, we'll know, you know, when it's time to leave, but not right now, please. <laughs> not now, I beg. <laughs> we want to be here a little longer. <laughs> but, um, oh, Stefan, where can my listeners find you, your books, and what are the names of some of your books, you know, also? Well, uh, Life After Death, Powerful Evidence You'll Never Die. I've got a new one out called Flow, The Secret to Happiness. Um, I've got one, if you're interested in trying to figure out why you're here and what you ought to be doing with your life, called uh, The Magic of Mission. Mm. The thing to do is to go to my website, which is shmartin, S-H-M-A-R-T-I-N dot com, and uh, you'll see me there on the homepage. There's a video you can watch if you want to, but up at the top, there'll be a, a menu, and one of the little buttons is books, and click on that, and you'll see my books, all of them, and you can click on any one of the covers. It'll take you to the page on Amazon where you can read the first chapter or two if you want, see what other people have said about it who might have reviewed the book mm -hmm. and decide whether you want to get it or not. And so, yeah, shmartin.com. And also, if you want to contact me, if you're interested in uh, contacting me or maybe I offer publishing services or whatever, you can oh, do that through my contact page and I'll answer you, I promise, uh, within a day or two. So, and I look forward to hearing from you. I love to hear from, from people. Sometimes I even start a conversation with them that goes on for quite a while. And you also have a podcast, right, that you do? Well, I'm not doing that podcast anymore. Oh. I did it for three years and I loved it, but it just got to be more than I could handle uh, in terms of how much time it took. But I talked to an awful lot of interesting people and I got a lot of information from them that I use 
today in my writing. So yeah, the truth about life was, it was a fun thing to do. I did it for three years. Ah, wow. How long have you been doing yours? Would you believe just since August, last August? Oh. Only a few months and I have about 35 episodes already. I'm really like pushing along here, you know, Good. so that people, and it's, it, it, I, when I, I, I check, it's actually uh, people, Peru, Spain, the United Kingdom, um, Pakistan, it, uh, Japan, today Japan uh, uh, popped up. So, and the United States, of course, uh, it's actually being uh, either watched or listened to uh, worldwide. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I sell a lot of books in in England in particular, but also a few in Japan and other countries. Uh, That's one of the nice things about Amazon. There's an Amazon everywhere in every country. (laughs) Yes, there is. Believe me. So again, uh, one more time with your, your website. S.H. Martin, S-H-M-A-R-T-I-N.com. Yeah, please do come to it, uh, check out my books, and send me an email. Well, Martin, I cannot thank you enough. And uh, boy, this was an eye-opener for me, too, you know, because I, uh, I'm i curious about incarnation, reincarnation and life after death, and I know uh, it's it's real. That's all I could say. And, yeah. and our conversation today makes me truly know that it really is real. So, yeah. And uh, I, I'm one that will check your books out and definitely purchase them and and read uh, because I I know I need to uh, I need to learn a little more, you know, from others such as yourself. Well, thank you, Barbara. I've enjoyed talking with you very much. I really have. Well, Just it's my, well. Oh, believe me, we. I will. It's my pleasure. And. Um, You know, uh, I want to thank my listeners for listening today. And again, a very big, big thank you to uh, Stefan. And I I hope that you heard what you needed to hear. So please visit me at MotivateYourLife.net. And please subscribe to this YouTube channel, The Spiritual Warrior Coach. And for those of you that may be interested in learning about energy healing, check out my book, The Gentle Energy Touch, The Beginner's Guide to Hands-On Healing. And it is, of course, on Amazon. So again, uh, thank you, Martin, for an incredible interview. Thank you for listening today and have a beautiful week filled with love and with light. Love, Barbara.